live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. It's just embarrassing. I don't know why the high voice ever. What's out. happened? Like the last couple of weeks, you've been like randomly critiquing your own voice during yeah. our rejoins. It's just it's embarrassing. I, mean, I don't know what happened. This is the press box. He's just doing his own self-critique. He's just listening to these rejoins, oh, disgusted in his own voice, apparently. Yeah. The only thing I'm not disgusted is whacking that thing around, because it is me. With Grady and Bischoff. He literally, it's the exact same thing. It's, it's, it's the exact mimicking. same thing. Ed was, a, was an actor at one point. He can mimic voices. <laughs> Child actor. On ESPN Las Vegas. Whacking that thing around. Oh, it's Ed, Tyler, and Jared. Good morning. On a Wednesday, big show ahead. Maybe some bird talk at the end. Oh, okay, my just, God. We have more birds? Uh, Whoa. Not yet. Do you, oh, do you know, man. I was telling uh, Jared on the way, I don't know if you've noticed this, on the uh, on the way to work, um, I told Jared that I saw uh, at Chevron 489, and I thought, man, it's not too bad. <laughs> like we've been, like Jared said, we've been conditioned now to say if it doesn't start with a six, it's okay. So I'm like, yeah, we've on the way home, I think. It's been like four days. Well, what do you mean we've been Listen, bird cages are $95 <laughs> without a price tag on them. So listen, uh, I think uh, I think 489 is pretty good. I might go back there on the way home and say, boy, I better take this before it hits 550 <laughs> Jesus. Conditioned four days into the gas yes. surge. Yes. Oh, well, <laughs> well listen, and... gas stations should start selling bird cages as well. They'll oh, make even more th- money. If I go into one of those uh, save marts and there's birds flying around, I'm, I'm taking one of those home. There are people listening that only listen at 7 a.m. that yes, have literally that have no, no idea, idea what, we're talking about. what we're referencing no. with your with your birds and your bird cage. No. Well, uh, they can find chart. the podcast yes! on, Why aren't they re- <laughs> on to Apple, to the Stitcher, yes. Spotify. Absolutely. Come on, listen to the podcast. You'll know. Just always listen to 945 because we talk nonsense. And that might be the best part of the show. <laughs> the First Bite. How good are the Broncos? Oh. You know what? Von Miller back. This is broken. You said the other day, might have been yesterday, because before we knew Aaron Rodgers was going to sign for $200 million, um, we were saying that, you know, the Broncos have a lot of good pieces. And if you just put a quarterback in there, they might kind of slide ahead of the Raiders. Well, there's a quarterback in there now. (laughs) So (laughs) they might slide ahead of the Raiders, right? So. What's funny is yesterday, the hypothetical that we talked about was Jimmy Garoppolo and was, okay, if the Broncos get Jimmy Garoppolo, are they better than the Raiders? And uh, I think the Raiders still probably would have been slightly ahead of them, but it would have been close, right? Those would have been the third and fourth best teams in the division going into the year. Like it would have been conceivably close and whoever has close game luck next year probably would have finished ahead of the other one. But that was Jimmy Garoppolo. Now we're talking about Russell Wilson, who is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And Russell Wilson is coming off a you know bad year by his standards. Granted, uh, a lot of that was potentially because of injury. That's sort of the question with Russell Wilson is he has had some really good seasons recently. Like if you look at his pro football focus grades, three years prior to last year, he was sixth, first, and sixth. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Last year, he was 19th by pro football focus. But again, he had a hand injury. He missed some time and he came back presumably too early if russell wilson is fine right he's he's 33 which normally is kind of old in athlete world but quarterback wise not so much if he's back to what he was in 2018 through 2020 he's probably a top five quarterback in the nfl 
at least that's what he was. So if that's who the Broncos got, if they got that Russell Wilson, uh, the Denver Broncos are competing for at least a playoff spot and potentially at the top of the division with Kansas city and the chargers to actually win the AFC West next year. So, so I, I think the Broncos might be like really good next year. So why am I thinking, because there's some ifs there, uh, we don't know which way is going to go. So on the base of it, basis of it right now, not knowing which is he, which way is going to go. Why am I thinking they gave up too much? You think they did? So it was Noah Fanta tight end, Drew Locke, which I don't. Well, I don't. I'm not, him. <laughs> I'm not even including him. I'm not even. He Shelby, was a sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure. Shelby Harris, him. a defensive tackle, and then two first round picks, two second round. That's picks. kind of a haul. I, and I like um, you said, he's an elite guy if he's healthy. So I don't really care much about any of the players. Like the play, like Noah Fant's been a, a fine tight end, but it, it's a tight end. And unless you're and one of the, unless you're Kyle Pitts or George Kittle or Travis Kelsey or, or even Darren, even Waller, Darren like, Waller, if you're one of the top five tight ends, you you can bring a lot of value. If you're Noah Fant, yeah, you can have a good season. You can you can bring a little mm. bit of value, but generally speaking. You can find a tight end. To do not in fans. Seattle. Um, well, if Drew Locke is throwing to him, he's not going to do much in Seattle. But uh, Shelby Gino. Harris, a fine defensive tackle, but nothing that you're really too worried about. So to me, in reality, you're looking at two first round picks, two second round picks for Russell Wilson. And if if Russell Wilson played poorly last year because he's just simply not as good anymore, um, then I think you're right. They absolutely overpaid. But if I'm the Broncos, I don't think I'm not thinking today that I gave up too much because I think I'm getting at at the worst a top ten quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think even if Russell Wilson has regressed some, I'm still expecting him to be a top ten quarterback mm-hmm. in the league. Two first, two seconds. Yeah, it's probably a little more it's than you want to pay for it. But I I don't feel like Denver gave up too much for what they potentially are going to get, and that is a top 10, maybe even better quarterback that allows them to compete, not just in the division. Like, what this does is it allows them to compete for a Super Bowl, right? Like, that's that's the idea here is the Broncos legitimately could be competing for a Super Bowl. I mean, the um, Jeff Sherman tweeted out the odds, uh, the new uh, updated Super Bowl odds, and Buffalo, Green Bay are 7-1. to one. There's three teams at 8-1. to one. Dallas is 10-1. to one. Denver's 14 to one. I mean, they are top seven in terms of Super Bowl odds. That's to me, that's worth it. Like to go from, hey, you're middle of the pack to, hey, you're now top seven. I'm willing to give up two first okay. and two seconds. Yeah. Again, I, I don't know. I don't think I have a problem. But I was just, you know, I, I, I'm thinking if he's not what he was, you can go back and say, boy, that was a lot. Right. But again, we don't know. I mean, if he's a top 10 quarterback, then yeah, you give it up. And he, like you said, he. Who knows? They might be challenging for the division. I mean, you know, I don't know because everyone's going to put Mahomes and uh, um, Herbert ahead of him. But you don't know what the injuries. You don't know what's going to happen. So right. if he if he competes for the division, then two ones and two twos are fine. I, I it was just my it was my very first reaction. I'm like, boy, that's kind of a haul. The other part of this that's interesting is. Russell Wilson still has two years left on his deal, and his cap hits $24 million and $27 million over those next two years, which, again, if you get top 10 quarterback play, that's that's kind of nothing, um, nothing. for Russell Wilson. Right. Now, the Broncos give up a bunch of assets for him. There's two years left on it. He is 33, but conceivably he can play for quite a few more years. 
I'm assuming the Broncos at some point are going to give him an extension and, and we'll see what that dollar amount looks like and what the cap hit changes to in the future. But at least for the next two years, the Broncos might have, a t- I mean, in all seriousness, they might have a top 10 quarterback getting paid $5 million more than Derek Carr next. Mm-hmm. And if Carr gets an extension, they might have a top 10 quarterback getting significantly less than Derek Carr will get in 2023. So it's there, there's a two-year window here for the Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson on a fairly manageable cap hit that if this roster is as good as people think it is outside of the quarterback position, they, they should be a legitimate contender to the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC West and ultimately throwing them into the same conversation with Buffalo, Kansas City, and and, and Baltimore and, and everybody else that's at the top of the AFC. This doesn't, in your mind, change anything the Raiders do in terms of the decision to rebuild or not, does it? Oh, it changes everything. I thought I, last night it's like, are they going to now rebuild and are they now going to take more calls on him, whether it's Indianapolis or Washington or supposedly – I'm I'm hearing reading now that there there's all these calls on Derek Carr and I, I just saw this I'm like wondering if this this that's what this means now. One hundred percent. I think you have to like you have to be realistic with yourself and sit back and say okay, uh, like best case scenario are the Raiders going to beat out all three of these teams in the AFC West? Like serious? Like is that going to happen? Because they're going into the year as the fourth best team in their division. If you go by those same odds uh, that Jeff Sherman tweeted out, right? Kansas City has the tied for third best odds at eight to one. Mm-hmm. Denver is seventh at fourteen to one. Chargers are eighth at sixteen to one. Right? Three teams in your division are in the top eight in Super Bowl odds, and the Raiders come in at eighty to one. There's nine teams worse than the Raiders. Oof. Eighty to one to win the Super Bowl when everybody else in your division is 16 to one. You have to sit back and be honest with yourself because here's, here's the thing. If it was just Kansas city and Patrick Mahomes, you probably look back and say, okay, we're, we're not going to win the division, but eh, we can get a wild card spot. Absolutely. Like that's, that's not completely out of the realm of possibility. This Raiders team is certainly good enough to do that. If it was just Kansas city and the chargers, you look back and say, okay, well, well, we finished ahead of the chargers last year. You already did it. We could, we could do that again. We're probably not catching the chiefs. But now that Denver's involved, and now that Denver's potentially a top 10 NFL team as well, what the Raiders have to have happen is they have to have at least two teams have an extremely disappointing season. They have to have at least two of those three have a disappointing year just to finish second in the AFC West to get a wild card spot. And can you win from the wild card? Yes, it's happened a couple of times before, but that's just to get to the wild card where in reality probably losing your first playoff game you might win one and maybe lose your second game but that's they need two teams in their division to underperform just to sneak into a wild card and probably lose in the first round like that's the ceiling on this season for the Raiders that's potentially the ceiling for the next two years how long Russell Wilson's under contract and if the Broncos extend him that's potentially your ceiling for five seven years like that's brutal, and we know Derek Carr is not the quarterback that's good enough to beat that. We know Derek Carr is not the quarterback that's good enough to win a Super Bowl. I think the trade yesterday the Broncos made should change every single thing the Raiders do this offseason. They should completely change how they view their roster, their offseason, and their window or lack thereof to win a championship. Yeah, and before this, it's not going to rebuild, and I'm not sure, so certain now they shouldn't. 
They shouldn't try to rebuild yeah. and tr- and try yeah. to s- and see see what you can get for them. Let me ask you this: two ones and two twos. Let's do what you did and put the players out out of the out of the equation there. Um, if he's two ones and two twos, and we've talked about this and we've thrown odds out there, we've thrown numbers out there. Uh, Indianapolis calls today. What do you want for Derek Carr? If if Russell Wilson's two ones and two twos, I think the key is two. Uh, two major assets is what you're looking for. And major means like primarily two first round picks. And if there are second round picks thrown in there, great. Sounds nice. But I think for Carr, you're looking for two major assets. And if, if they offer two first round picks and nothing else, no players, no other picks, I, I think you're fine accepting that. If they offer a first round pick and another good player, right? Like with the Broncos, Patrick's a really Sertain, good player. Right, like Patrick Sertain was the rookie cornerback for Denver last year who was really good, and he had been mentioned quite a bit as a possible trade piece if they were going after a quarterback. If if it's a player like that with one first-round pick, then I, I think you're, you're okay doing it. But if you're trading Derek Carr, you've got to be looking probably two or three years into the future and saying, okay, we need something that's going to help us be good in 2024 or something like that. And... If it's a player that's not going to help you be good in 2024, you don't want him. Uh, you'd rather have a draft pick. Well, you'd so rather I, I have think, the two first then. Right. I think you're looking for two good assets. And by good, I primarily mean first-round picks. If if they offered you know, one first and like three seconds, maybe there's enough decent assets that you, you can accept it. But to me, I'm, I'm really, I think you'd really be looking for two good first-round picks. I guess I'm a little surprised, maybe not, that uh, Pete Carroll at his age did this because with Drew Locke, they're not right. going anywhere for a long time. And may, look, maybe Pete Carroll knows he only has a year or two left. I, I don't know. He's 70 years old. That so was he looks that 50, was my, but he's 70. That was the one hesitation I had to the, to Seattle trading Russell Wilson was that they're clearly the fourth best team in that division, but it's right. It's Pete Carroll being 70, right? Is he yeah. really going to sit through a, a two or three year rebuild to try to be good on the other end? Like, I guess it's possible. He acts like he's 27 right. usually exactly. on the sideline. So I guess it's possible, but it just seemed like he might say, well, I got Russell Wilson under contract for two more years. Let's give it a go for another two yeah. seasons. But yeah, they. Re- I mean, it's. I think it's the smart thing for Seattle to do. I don't know if Pete Carroll is going to be around when they're actually good again. again. All right. Coming up next. Are we sure the Golden Knights are making the playoffs? Left point, Theodore. Left wall, Eichel. Righty near the dot. What will he do? Weaving. Side of the net. Quick stick score! Evgeny Dodonov set up by Jonathan Marcheseau. It's a power play goal for the Knights. Vegas trails 2-1. to 13-34 to play in the second. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Daddy had a breakaway. Daddy scored a goal last night. It was pretty much the only good thing that happened for the Golden Knights, but Daddy scored. Good for Evgeny Dodonov right after we want to try to trade him away. Yeah. He scores a goal. Good for him. Uh, but they lost to the Flyers. Flyers are the worst team in the Metropolitan Division, and if you look at the last two games, the Golden Knights needed a goal in the final 10 seconds to avoid going to overtime at home with Ottawa and then lost to the uh, last week, we talked about the Golden Knights having an easy schedule in the month of March. And in all honesty, they have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the season. 
are they going to start beating these teams? Are they going to like take advantage of that and actually beat the bad teams and and make the playoffs? I mean, going into Ottawa, it was 13 of like 2021 20, left that were non-playoff teams at that point, and now they've split with two of those teams. Um, I was at the WCC last night, so you'll have to help me out. I saw that they had 77 shots, uh, 70, 70, 75 danger chances, and uh, 10 power plays, and they scored one goal. So just following along on Twitter, it appeared that Only once again. 10 power plays? Yeah, yeah. well, once again, <laughs> one six on four at the end there against uh, the Flyers. Um, once again, can't score. How many, do you have that number uh, of the 40 or so, how many were high danger? I mean, uh, also read that they didn't really challenge him for the most part. Yeah, it was a it was an interesting game in terms of like if you watch Carter Hart, Carter Hart didn't exactly like make a whole bunch of great saves, you know, like it wasn't like oh wow he he robbed he robbed somebody times. So they had a bunch of shots, they had a bunch of cha- uh, chances, but it wasn't exactly Carter Hart being awesome. So. The Golden Knights dominated the game in terms of possession and shots. Like, they still should have won the game because Philadelphia didn't really produce anything. But it wasn't like a night where you look around and say, oh, wow, this was extremely good. It's unbelievable how how well Carter Hart was. The Golden Knights just got unlucky. They kind of sucked last night. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they didn't exactly play well. And even though you get 48 shots on goal, I mean, it's it wasn't exactly a, a well-played offensive game. And I... I don't know. Like I, I don't know what you do if you are the Golden Knights right now because they've got injuries that are giving them issues. But this team's offense sucks. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, what they they barely score against Ottawa. They get one goal against Philadelphia. This isn't this isn't Colorado or Calgary slowing them down. These are two bad teams that are that have beat them down. And I don't know what you do offensively. Like this is a a not good. For the Golden Knights because they've got to figure something out. Otherwise, I mean, in all seriousness, they're going to fall to a wild card spot and they're going to end up in the first round at Calgary or at Colorado. And as you said yesterday, I mean, Mark Stone, you miss him a lot, but it's not like Mark Stone's going to come in and score three goals a game. Right. Exactly. So it's you don't have a lot of goals on your bench. You have a you know probably your second best player next to Eichel on your bench, and I'm sure that will improve the lines throughout because people start dropping down. But I don't think he's the answer. I think people are are the answer are on the ice right now, and they're not getting done. Yeah, they they absolutely are not. And that's I don't know. That's that's your issue if you're the Golden Knights right now because you have that game. Because the other part of that is Robin Leonard. Leonard gives up two goals in the first period. Gives up a goal on the first shot of the game, and the Golden Knights end up losing partially because of that. Right. They were both soft goals. Like Robin Leonard should not have given up a goal last night. There was not a single chance the Flyers had that probably should have been a goal. But Leonard gave up two. And I think the issue is that the Golden Knights still should have scored three Mm -hmm. to beat the Flyers. Like even if Robin Leonard gives up two soft ones, it's the Flyers. You still should have scored three times. And so you're sitting in a – I think what we have right now is there are a lot of players on this team that aren't necessarily – the problem that aren't necessarily the reason the golden Knights lose, but none of them are the reason they're going to start winning. Right, none of them are the right. reason they're going to start playing. Well, I think Robin Leonard fits into that very well, right? Leonard's not really an issue. Like Leonard's been a fine goalie this season. He's been good, but he hasn't been great. And he hasn't been the reason the golden Knights win, you know, right. five out of six or something like that. He hasn't done that this year. So, well, outside of the early part of the year, 
So that's the fascinating part is they're going to need Jack Eichel, a Max Pacioretty. Like they're going to need these guys to be the reason the Golden Knights win games, not just be the reason, hey, that they don't lose. They need them to be the reason that they win games. And so far, they're not getting a lot of that. I mean, Eichel did it in the final seconds against Ottawa, but again, it was the final seconds against Ottawa. They need somebody like Jack Eichel or Robin Leonard, whoever, to be the reason they don't or be the reason they win games, and they don't really have that at the moment. They're they're a point out of being out of the playoffs right now. Right. It's uh, well, they're it's, tied with Nashville, but no, no. Okay, so Dallas is at sixty-seven. Um, they're they're a point out, and they're they're three behind the Kings already, who've won three straight. By the way, three behind the Kings. Yes. Yeah. Oh I mean, God. think about that. <laughs> I mean, they're they're seven behind Calgary. I don't know if they should worry about Calgary at this point. Um, but think about that. They're, Dallas is at 67 points. Or the Knights are at 68. This is especially on this road trip now, right? I mean, if they yeah. lose to Philly, they can certainly lose to teams like Buffalo. They certainly can lose to teams like Pittsburgh. Right. And that's and again, there's a chance they miss the playoffs, but it's not very high. I mean, I'd no. be I'd be shocked if they miss the playoffs. But it, I mean, there's a real possibility if if Edmonton were to catch them. Edmonton's four points back right now. If Edmonton were to catch them. The Golden Knights fall to a wild card spot, and you, you might as well miss the playoffs at that time. I mean, that's that's what it is. I mean, if, if you're going to Calgary or Colorado to start the playoffs, like, no, that's not good. Yeah, it's it's not ideal. So uh, I don't I don't know what you do if you're the Golden Knights right now because you got a you got a lot of injuries. Uh, it's certainly been an issue all season long, <laughs> but it, that the injury shouldn't be the reason that you lose to the Flyers. Like the, this team is good enough to beat the Flyers right now. We have a hot take from a listener here, Joe. Two words: Leonard sucks. Oh, <laughs> our top, the top twenty goalie for the local team. Come on, sucks. What it's do you? Good, it's a good hot take. He was not good for the first period last night, and okay. then he didn't have to do much the rest of the game, and everybody else sucked too. Like it was, it was a collective sucking last night. Quick question: How likely do you guys think we're going to get a Cody Eakin revenge game? Like he's well, going to do something well. I mean, the way they're playing, would you be shocked? I wouldn't be shocked at anything right now. I would be. St- Ed, I would, would you be, be stunned? stunned if Cody Eakin does? We could something get an Alex except- Tuck. Uh, no, 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 no. He's hurt, isn't he? Is he out? He he ran into the post at the in, in their last game. I don't. I haven't. I don't know an update if he's actually going to be able to play. Well, any hockey player that runs into the post has some kind of upper or lower body. Yeah, they never so, walk away from anything. I will be stunned if Cody Eakin does something positive. To help the Sabers beat the Golden Knights, genuinely, if he does anything, I don't, don't not even score a goal. Just if he does anything good the entire game to help the Sabers win, I would be stunned. Be a shocking revelation. Coming up next, Mark Ziegler joins the show as we get ready for the Mountain West tournament. It's here. We've got a fight that's broken out up in the student section, and I don't know if a Wagner player is up there, but certainly some of them are trying to get there. And again, there are a couple of busloads of Wagner fans that I think that was where they were sitting. I don't see any of the players up there. Hopefully not. Well, the players were trying to get up there, that's for sure. But give the Wagner staff and the security people here in the building. But mostly the Wagner staff did a very good job of containing their players before this got really ugly. We're back to the press box with Graney and Bischoff. Where is this kid? Where is Unbelievable. Did, 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 did we kid? lose him? No, I, I I keep getting voicemail. Oh, oh he didn't pick up the phone. Oh, wow. 
Wow, we got stood up by Mark Ziegler? Oh, um, I'm watching the uh, phone for the text. I'm sure we'll say, call now. Uh, <laughs> but at this, at this point, I'm getting nothing back from this kid. This is embarrassing. Um, you heard the audio there. That was Bryant yeah. and Wagner you see in that? a conference championship game. And there was a fight in the stands among... Uh, what looked like a student section versus, like, I don't know, families of the yes. apo- of the away team. Uh, which two Mountain West fan bases are most likely to fight in the stands at the conference tournament? Um, uh, UNLV. UNLV and San Diego State. Is it? I'm thinking. I mean, I... I mean, poor Cassie Soto got hit in the head <laughs> exactly. with a Sprite bottle. They don't like each other. Oh, no, it was Mountain um, Dew. That, it was Mountain Dew. My that bad. wasn't San Diego State, though, Jared. That was Nevada. No, I'm saying, like, UNLV seems to get into these situations. But that wasn't, that wasn't even UNLV. That was just UNLV players. That wasn't UNLV fans. That was Nevada fans, Nevada players, and UNLV players. I mean. I, you're giving UNLV fans a bad name, Jared. Come on. I am a UNLV fan, so, you know. Boise CSU because CSU had to storm the court after finishing second, and Boise was making fun of them, <laughs> which is so stupid by Boise. He's like, why do you care? I, lo- I love when schools <laughs> and media and others like take umbrage with the fact that another school storms the court. It's like, just shake hands and get off. You have nothing to do with that. Why do you care what another school is doing? I always laugh that. It's like, well, they finished second. Who cares? Get off the court. Oh, man. It's hilarious. I, uh... You saw that, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, uh, my God. Be quiet. We had, we had multiple court storming incidents because we had that, and we also had Boise State. Trying oh, to rush the that? floor after clinching the conference yeah. championship and security guards tackling yes. students. And pushing students back. It's like, what did you think was going to happen? It was all set up that they were going to storm the court. You should have had it in a orderly fashion and let those kids storm the court. I, I, I don't know if you saw the one clip. I think you did from up above. It was a clip down floor. This security guard literally picked up a kid and threw him back. It's like, what the <laughs> hell are you doing? These kids can storm the court. They just won the conference. Well, the fascinating part about it is that Boise State's AD came out afterwards and was like, we forgot to relay our plan to the security <laughs> team because because Boise State, like, they the plan was to let them score. Sure, that, like, as it should have been. Like, right, they're like, we won the conference championship. Yeah. If we win today, we, we want our, our uh, fans to storm the court. Sure. And afterwards, they're like, well, we forgot to tell our security team. So the security guys, like, they thought they were doing their job correctly. They were like, oh... Yeah, you can't come on the floor. That's not allowed. I'm oh. going to tackle you. And, <laughs> and then afterwards, it's like, so what? Wait, what happened here? Oh. I mean, who do you think this is? Reno and UNLV? I I think I that one would have a decent uh, chance of happening. Um, I think potentially, like Wyoming, Colorado State, if those oh, two the were the border. The border. I guess they'd have, then they'd have to meet in the conference championship yeah, game. They'd have to. Play. I was also thinking of like, well, so would San Diego State and UNLV have to meet in the conference? Right. I'm, tra- I'm trying to think of the bracket. So, Colorado State, oh, Colorado State is in is in UNLV side, isn't it? Or no, 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 no. no, no. They play Boise the if they win. They yeah. play Boise if they win. Yeah, yeah. UNLV gets Boise State okay. in the in the second round. Well, Assuming UNLV, Boise State ooh, wins. Is but. the dog barking? Yeah, she's like in the other room. My dog is like a cat, where she will rub her back against our like couch or chairs and then bark as she does it. That's a little strange. It is very strange. Have you had a cat? Yeah, like they pet themselves. Are you sure it's not a cat? (laughs) Yeah, they pet themselves on everything. That's what she does. She doesn't actually like to be pet very much. She just likes to pet herself on things like our couch or our chair. All right, well, 
<laughs> this kid's this kid's not calling. So we didn't get Mark Ziegler stood it's, us it's up. It's unbelievable. I can't. This is. We should sit here and rip him for the next seven Isn't minutes. Isn't he in Las Vegas for the tournament? No, yet? he's not here yet. He's not here yet. I he's, don't know. When he's this on kid the flight. I'm, I'm supposed. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm surprised he's not here. He usually wants to get in three days beforehand, um, but he's not here yet. I have no idea when this kid's getting in. This is absolutely disappointed. This kid did this. Um, Mountain West Conference tourney preview. Then, what are you looking forward to most? I guess we should preview the tournament after talking to Kevin Kruger yesterday. No legitimate upsets. Give ah. me a semifinal oh. that has that has four of the top five teams in it. I don't do, do not give me some stupid New Mexico run. Do not give me some stupid Air Force upset. Just give me at least four of the top five teams. Okay. In like the that. semifinals, um, because a there are actual like good teams in the Mountain West this year, right? There's there's good teams yes. here, but b if you and like UNLV for example, if UNLV wins and they're in the semis against Boise State, all of a sudden they're two wins away from the NCAA tournament. They're two wins away from stealing an NCAA tournament bid from somebody in the country, and the other three are all good teams. So that's what I want to see. I want to see the the good teams actually playing in the semifinals and then in the finals. Give us an actual good Mountain West tournament championship game, which to be fair, we've gotten those. We've had a lot of good Mountain West tournament championship games. Like Sam Merrill and Utah State a couple of years ago when it when they actually got it in before COVID canceled everything. Right, right. One of the best tournament championship right. games the Mountain West has had. So that's what I want. I have zero interest in watching the bad teams play. I don't know. I don't, Fresno State and Utah State aren't bad. Don't want to watch them, though. Do not want to see either of those two teams play. Give me the good teams playing. That'll be the most fun. And UNLV make the semifinals for the first time since, what is it, 2013? Is that, that's the last time they went to the tournament. Can 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 we see that for once? Yeah. Make, get, I really want to. I want to. I want a final between Carter State and UNLV only because I can. I want to see the MVP David Roddy <laughs> score two points. I want to see him score two points and get one rebound against UNLV. Man. Okay, hypothetical for UNLV that would be brutal. They beat Lose. Wyoming. They upset Boise State, right? And then they get Colorado State in the final, a team that they've beaten and blown basically, out, basically handled like twice. David Roddy goes for like 38 yes. and UNLV loses the conference 38 15 final. and they lose by 10 going Man, away. That would be that that would be a I mean it'd be fun cuz they got to the final but that would be a nightmare yeah, scenario where you I mean UNL if listen if UNLV beats Wyoming and Boise State and they're getting Colorado State in the final UNLV fans are going to be so confident they're going to win that. Oh, game. do you know how many people would show up for that one? They, and they, they are a going huge to crowd be, for that one because they're going to be done. convinced, convinced they're beating Colorado State and going to the NCAA tournament. And if they were to then lose, it would be a massive buzzkill. So that's like, well, they'd have a lot more motivation because Colorado State's in. Right. And yeah, I mean, they would be. Maybe you get Colorado State. Hey, uh, yeah, we're already in and take a, you know, you guys should sit David Roddy. No need to yeah, play exactly. Isaiah Stevens. Give him a day off. You guys, this this means nothing for you. We'll we'll be a quad two loss. That's perfectly fine. Like, you might go from an eight to a nine. You're okay. Yeah. Oh, Mountain West tournament. Man, I'm going to be so mad if there's like, if I'm sitting here watching New Mexico play a semifinal game. Do you believe, I got told this the other day because they've already scrubbed a lot, so a lot of teams are already in that we don't know about, that um, Lenardi said that if you scrubbed already and you're already in and you lose this time of the year, you probably can only drop one seed line. Does that make sense? 
as in if they've already determined. Yeah, let's you're say one you've scrubbed. Yeah, in. and you're in, and you're in. Let's say, well, Boise, Carter State, or San Diego State, which everyone believes they're already in. Um, and let's say Boise was a seven, and they get upset in the first round that they'd only go to an eight. I kind of, I kind of can see that. I don't think you drop yeah. like a ten or eleven. I think it's probably only one line. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Like if San Jose State were to make a run and beat San Diego State, that's then you different. probably you probably deserve to drop more than one seed right. behind that's you. Like you might that's deserve different. to drop out of the tournament right. entirely. But yeah, like if 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 Boise State's in and, and UNLV beats Boise State in the semis, that might not even drop them. To be honest with you, they might stay right where they are. Right. So yeah, I don't think that there's too big of an issue. I think the bigger concern is. A team like Wyoming, who maybe is not in, or they maybe might be in they, the bubble. Maybe they're they're in at the moment, but their seed is an eleven or a twelve. Right, and they're in a play they right were now. To, right, if they were to lose to UNLV, which isn't a terrible loss, but also not a good loss, um, and then there were enough bid stealers, then all of a sudden Wyoming is out. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's that's the issue. So yeah, I I can, I there's probably less on the line for a lot of these teams than we think. I think you're right in that regard. That a lot of these teams I think they're already less in. on the line. Yeah. yeah. And their and their seeds not going to change right dramatically. Too much. Right. The Boise State might go from a 6 to a 7 right. or something like that. So, yeah, that's probably accurate. All right. Coming up next, let's Thanks. get into baseball because yeah, there might be might be some reason for optimism. They give it to Brown, top of the key, ball fake, moves it left, Curry's got it, back it out, Kyrie with nine, moving left, foul line, Irving dancing down the lane, floater crawls in off the front of the rim, and there it is, 50 for Kyrie Irving. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. We'll get more into Kyrie Irving's 50-point game in the front page. Also, later in the show, we got tickets to give away to go see Daughtry. But first, some Major League Baseball because the owners made a new proposal yesterday and we're getting closer. We're, we're doing a little bit better in terms of coming halfway between what the players and the owners want. If you're looking at the luxury tax threshold, um, remember the, the before they disappeared from each other last week in florida it was year one luxury tax the players wanted 238 the owners wanted 220 uh the owner's new offer is up to 230 uh which is in the middle and actually leaning more towards the player side and they've actually upped the last year of that luxury tax to have it go up every year until it's 242 million in year five players still want 263 so there's still $21 million off there in year five, but we're getting closer to them actually agreeing on what the luxury tax should look like. And I think that's the biggest obstacle. Once they do that, I think everything else will fall into place and we'll have baseball. Isn't it uh, maybe time for ML, uh, MLPA to come back a little on their 263? Probably on that year five one. Yeah, right. I think so. Um it's still a $21 million gap because right. that, that's the thing that, that the owners have been doing. They've been willing to increase the year one. They've been kind of unwilling to increase the year five. And so that's why there's still a, that's why there's now, it's what, an $8 million gap in year one and a $21 million yeah, gap. I don't in think year the five. eight matters. <laughs> right. It I shouldn't, think, by the way. 
Right. I think that is not going to be as big of an issue. They might end up, hey, 232 next year, right. but the year five, right? The the players want this to go up each year. The owners want it to stay the same each year. And that's where the biggest problem is. There's also, according to Evan Drellich, a new uh, super tax. So I don't know. He didn't have the, the specific details, but like, let's say next year, if the luxury tax is 230, if you go over 230, you've got to pay the luxury tax, but there's going to be a second threshold where if you go over like 270, you're going to have to pay even more tax. There's like a higher tax bracket. And it is again, specifically for the Mets. And I was going to say, and the Dodgers will say, where do we send the check? <laughs> We're at 306 and it's okay because we make so much money and it doesn't matter. It like the, it was it's it's so specifically for two teams yeah. that Evan Drellich even reported last night that Steve Cohen signed off on the new tax bracket that <laughs> only he and the Dodgers might have to pay. Like they went to Steve Cohen and said, "Listen, you might be the only one that has to do this. Are you okay with paying sure. into this higher tax bracket if you spend too much money?" And he's like, "Sure, sure. why not?" I got plenty of money. So the Dodgers and Mets are playing a different sport than everybody else, at least in the the roster building game. And it doesn't always lead to wins because somehow the Tampa Bay Rays are going to spend $7 on players and they're actually going to get that. Yeah, uh, fun. One other uh, part of this is the draft lottery. So the players want a draft lottery because they think that's an anti-tanking measure. Um, The owners... Don't want, yeah, exactly. We've seen it in multiple sports. It doesn't actually help. Um, but the players want it. The owners don't, but the owners are, they've offered some teams. And apparently the owners are now offering the worst six teams every year will go into the lottery. But here's a fascinating detail small market teams can draft in the lottery two years in a row. They cannot draft in the lottery three years in a row. They would automatically be slotted into pick 10. Whereas large market teams can draft in the lottery once, but not two years in a row. Who the hell determines what's a small market and a what? large market team? I mean, that's a great question. The Dodgers are, are, are large market. <laughs> so are the Mets. After them, yeah. I don't know who the, who the large market like, The Yankees? I mean, who, who are the large markets? And, like, and what? Is, it a, is it a threshold of payroll? I don't know because that wouldn't change. If if it's payroll, then if you're tanking, you just don't spend money, and guess what? You're a small market. I I don't know who determines what's a large market and a small market, and I think it's kind of ridiculous to say just because you are a large market and suck, you don't get to right, pick in exactly. the lottery back to back years. But teams in small markets that suck can pick it. Like I'd argue, if you're in a large market and suck, you probably need to be picking in the lottery. What if you're the Mets and you finish in last place? Right. Which could happen. Which, I mean, they're the Mets. I know. Given they're the Mets, it could happen. So I I mean, the Jets are in a huge market. They suck. (laughs) In all honesty, they should tie it to pay. If they want to do it this way, where they limit how many times you can be in the lottery, they should tie it to payroll, but do it the inverse, where if if you spend a bunch of money And and suck... You, you get to be in the lottery. We feel bad for you. If you don't spend a bunch of money and suck, no, you're not getting in the lottery because you no, didn't even try, you to, didn't win. try you to win. You didn't try to win. 30. Yeah, you didn't right. try to win. Like, if, if that that's how they should tie it if they're going to try to limit teams and how many times they can be in the lottery, even though I, I think that's ridiculous. Because, again, we see it in the NBA. There is a lottery. It, it doesn't matter. Teams Sometimes are still, they freeze envelopes. Yeah, like teams are still going to tank. <laughs> because at the end of the day, even if you lose the lottery – Picking second or third 
is better than being a 500 team that picks 15th. Like, like it's still better to tank. It doesn't deter you from tanking because that's still the better way to do it. And I don't think this will actually change anything. But that's one of the fun details that how, we're getting from this. Just real quickly, how pissed off do you have to be if you're the Oakland A's and you just every year see the Rays for $4, make it to the playoffs, and you're just like, we've been doing this for 20 years. Why are they better at it? I mean, yeah, they, it, the, I think the, the main key there, though, is that the Rays, if the Rays had won the World Series in 2020, then you'd be looking at it being disappointed. But because the Rays usually kind of fail in the playoffs, too, and don't actually win the World Series, the A's can look at it and say, hey, we did that in the early 2000s, yeah. too. So eh, same same situation there, which, by the way, did you see Bob Nightingale's report about the deadlines here? Oh, about uh, the deadlines, meaning if they don't make a deal today, they're going to cancel another week of games? So we had yesterday, they said, hey, there's a new deadline in place. We're going to cancel another week. But if we agree to a deal on Tuesday, we'll play 162 games. Bob Nightingale now said that deadline got moved back to today. Right. So right. if they if they reach an agreement today, they'll still play 162 games. What? Do they know how deadlines 30. work? This is the most ridiculous deadlines I've ever heard in my life. They're just going to keep pushing it off until the day before the season was supposed to start. And hey, we'll play 162 games. We're good to go. I stopped reading at Trevor Bauer saying I would talk to the media, oh but you don't have my best interest in heart. Really? Oh, boy. Who is his best interest in heart? Who's yeah. talking? Who, is Trevor Bauer just tweeting? Yeah. Or is he actually talking? I think he's talking. Oh, boy. Yeah, we need Trevor oh, Bauer's opinion right now. That, that'll that get the deal done. Get Trevor Bauer get him at in the, the negotiating, negotiating table. Yeah.